Welcome to the Spurry Pro Podcast, looking at the 2021 hop harvest. Hop Products Australia has just launched its harvest report for this year's harvest, looking at all of the numbers, the numbers have tracked up and the numbers have tracked down. And so I take sales and marketing manager Owen Johnson through the report and find out a little bit more and get some context around some of those numbers. Owen Johnson, welcome back to Brewery Pro for the 2021 Harvest Report. Thanks, Matt. Uh, thanks for having me and giving us the opportunity to uh, share the crop results with uh, with your audience. Matt, it's always a big time of year. I was actually digging through some old photos, and I think it was 13 years ago this month uh, that I was first uh, at Bushy Park. I would live in hope that uh, you'd come on farm and recognise the um, the changes that we've undertaken since then. Um Right from you know, right from the cosmetics of the driveway and where the office <laughs> is now. Yeah, you know, the the office, the farm office has moved since then. Let alone the um, the mix of varieties and acreage we grow. So significant change in that period of time. Well, that and and that brings us into the the harvest. So maybe you could uh, talk us through the you know the the, the headline numbers um, for for the harvest and you know the, the the key takeaways, and then we'll dig a little bit deeper. Absolutely. So. As as always, uh, I think uh, I think the brewers out there would understand that hop harvests are um, normally a uh, you know kind of a generally trending result with a few exceptions just to prove the rule. So this year um, we had a 44 hectare increase, a 6.9 percent increase in acreage, uh, and but came in 1.6 percent or 25 tonnes down year on year for the result. So. Now, you know, as I say, that uh, the headline for me, though, is um, the uh, ability for me to go out to the customers and say that Galaxy continues to increase and um, we're pleased with another 7.2% year-on-year for our biggest hop, marking 11 years of continuous growth in acreage uh, for, for Galaxy. Just to give some sort of scale around that, it's gone from 908 metric tonnes to 974 metric tonnes this year. That's right. I mean, the, in, in, and further to contextualise that, it's, um, you know, at sub 1,000 tonnes on, on a raw hop basis, you know, it's still a, a modest variety in the global scheme of things. So I think if I've got this right, Citra is about 8,000 tonnes, <laughs> uh, you know, so... Uh, you know, we uh, from my point of view, we still we still slot into the global scheme of things as a as roughly an average sized farmer in Yakima. Yeah, yeah. So, and and, and we might just have reiterated this, what what that means towards the end of the podcast. But so, Galaxy was up nine hundred eight to nine seventy four, um, which was seven percent. Vic Secret, which which had actually fallen by almost ten percent last year to two hundred nine tons, was up to two thirty three this year, um, an increase of eleven. Yep, strong result for Vic, um, marking somewhat of a recovery there from uh, from the from a good result in twenty nineteen. We have a really strong trajectory on Vic as well, so increasing acreage and support there. So expect next year, uh, you know, with a bit of luck, a fair breeze, that the uh, the yields of both Galaxy and Vic will continue to to increase as we back those hops that, um, that are really enjoying some uptake out there. Looking to the number three in size this year, it was Ella. Last year, it was down 13% to 114 tonnes. This year, it was down 20% to 91. Talk us through that. This is the tricky one for us this year. This is this is a, a disappointing result for Ella. Um, we are, uh, you know, we're able to meet our contractual obligations across all the other varieties, including including other varieties that are substantially down for other reasons, topaz and cascade in particular through idling and through acreage uh, churn. 
but Ella uh, simply uh, didn't come through with the yield. So we are going to be um, working with our customer base to manage this uh, this short crop, and um, we've got a few we've got a few means by which we can help smooth over the difficulties of short supply on Ella. Is there actually a shortfall on contract for Ella this year? Yes, normally we're uh, 22% short on contract commitments. Now, um, as as uh, the uh, 374th time I've been on the podcast with you, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and I've, I've always sort of said we, we try and responsibly contract. We only contract a portion of what our uh, production budgets are, but we've with with this result is bad enough so to speak that we um that we are going to come in under our contract obligations so we're going to start a program of outreach now that the pellet runs are done and we've got final numbers um you know we're here talking about the crop result now um we're going to start a, a you know outreach to customers affected and and as i say we've got a few we've got a few things that we can do to um uh, to help out our um our ella customers what was the reason for it? I know that you had a La Nina um, a pattern this year, which had the cooler daytime temperatures um, due to increased cloud cover, and particularly in the lead up to the harvest. Was that a factor for Ella, or were there other reasons? Yeah, we believe it was um, the primary driver in in this result. Um, it's you know it's kind of important to remember that um, with the diversity and varieties we grow now, for exactly that reason, they are diverse. They do diverse things in beer. Um, they don't respond you know as uniformly as in the past when we might have been growing um, you know just one or two or three varieties who were all quite closely related, so to speak. So this year we just seem to see this La Nina uh, weather pattern, you know, characterised by um, cooler um, conditions, wetter conditions. Uh, you know, we, we thought we were we thought we were going quite well through the growing season, through the vegetative side of the growing season, and that is um, strong plant growth. Uh, but when it came to setting of flowers and the maturation of cones, we came up. Uh, a little bit short, so to speak. I'll direct listeners, and I'll link in, in, in the show notes to some of the podcasts where, that we've done looking at the agronomics of breeding hops and some of the things that you look at. Um, you know, it, is this one of the things that, you know, when you are developing hops, you're looking at, you know, how, how much one particular hop stands out um, from the others in terms of its, you know, um, impact in, in different weather conditions? Absolutely. It's, you know, we talk about agronomic screening over many years, you know, five, six, seven, eight years of agronomic screening. And, uh, you know, this is a, this is an attempt to build up an, um, confidence about uh, a, a given varieties, uh, you know, a given cultivar's response in different conditions. You know, we're not just looking for consistency of, um, you know, of growth and overall yield, et cetera. But, but what does the... Um, what does the performance look like when it's under duress, so to speak? So, you know, we need time to learn those things, and it's a really critical part. Um, I, I would I would say that this response was a surprise. There's no doubt about that. I, I don't think I don't think that um, coming in short, you know, in this sort of sense, was uh, was something we we expected. Um, even even later in the growing season, I, I, I wouldn't have said that there was um, an indicator that we were going to come in quite so short. Mm. Moving on to Enigma, around about the same, 84 last year, 86 this year, so a slight increase. Um, how, did, how does that track with um, you know, supply versus demand? Yeah, that's perfectly in balance, so to speak. That's um, no problem on contracts. And um, the you know we maintain this 15% buffer between our estimates and what we contract, and that's, that's to give us a great chance of filling 
um, you know, your contractual commitments. And, uh, you know, plus 0.7% variance year on year on the same acreage. It's, um, it's pretty impressive. That's, that, is, that is the definition of consistent right there. <laughs> oh, so, so it was the same acreage. It hadn't expanded. Um, it was mainly the, the, the galaxy and the eclipse that saw the expanded acreage? That's true, yeah. Okay, so uh, so it wasn't as affected by the by the weather. No, 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 no. That's right. Um, Topaz was down seventeen. Was that weather related, or was that just uh, reducing, you know, cultivation? That's uh, that's right. It's both Topaz and Cascade um, had their sort of significant downs. Um, Topaz because uh, we idled one block, and uh, Cascade because we we had to do some planned reparation and um, trellis maintenance, et cetera, that meant we um, we grubbed out, a, I don't know, it was like maybe 10 hectares or something like that. So a pretty significant, a pretty significant hit on Cascade there um, whilst, uh, whilst we undertook some necessary rejuvenations. And, and I guess Cascade is one that you're always going to have under review um, for, for, for the domestic Cascade. Uh, is that correct? Like is that one that you, you, you would um, look at getting rid of? Yeah, it's a big call because it's got uh, you know a devoted fan base out there and some some um, you know it features in some great beers. Um, you know, its foundation, of course, with HPA deciding to even grow US Cascade here in Australia was for uh, little creatures way back now. I don't know if you caught the podcast I did with um, Russ Gosling uh, about two months ago now, and uh, he was absolutely singing the praises. And in fact, he described Australian Cascade compared to US Cascade as a difference between uh, Kate Blanchett and Donald Trump, just in terms of the <laughs> elegance uh, of the Australian Cascade. Uh, uh, excellent. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that kind of uh, yeah, third-party reference for our Cascade. It's, it is pretty. It is pretty, a pretty fine thing. Um, so, you know, it'd be a tough decision for us to uh, exit Cascade, uh, you know, dispassionately, strategically, you know, I don't know, you, maybe you would follow your nose on the proprietary varieties and, and really bring that diversity of, of flavour, um, you know, off the land base that we've got. But that said, you know, this Cascade really is pretty pretty different anyway, pretty significantly um I like to I like to uh, just broadly categorise it as better. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we tend to we do tend to come in with higher alphas and oils consistently, and it, and it yeah it is a it is a nice hop, and it's got some fans out there. So it's not that's not a decision we would take lightly. And looking at I mean the the, the big uh, not in terms of size, um, but the big grower was Eclipse, which went from twenty four tons last year to fifty one tons this year, and it was obviously your newly released former experimental hop. Yeah, look, the the eclipse um, uh, trajectory on farm is um, is the strongest planned expansion of a hop we've ever had, including Galaxy. Yeah, we we followed our nose on Galaxy, and we were always sort of responding to um, you know to demand. Uh, but with Eclipse, we actually believe that this this is a, a hop with really you know, strong merits, and and we've we've hard baked into our. Um, you know, production planning this um, this rapid expansion in Eclipse to uh, to back uptake because we think it's going to have a have a have a have a rosy future. 
Um, so expect that. Expect that fifty tons. I can't remember just off the top of my head what it is next year, but but expect it to you know step up significantly again, you know, to to eighty five or hundred tons next year. Well, twenty twenty four, you're looking at one hundred and eighty metric tons. Uh, That's according right. To media release. So you know you're really scaling it up. Um, how how is demand going? You know, since the launch, there was a lot of interest, a lot of excitement. We saw the twelve pack of beers that were created specifically for the release. How have the repeat orders gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was quite a quite an overwhelming response, um, especially from the the mixed pack. And you know, not to not to go over old ground, but that that approach to providing brewers with a spectrum of flavour that a, that a hop can can manifest in a different array of beer styles really got people's juices flowing. And um, we sold out of Eclipse um, well before this harvest. We we stopped uh, taking forward orders on Eclipse um, in preparation for for this harvest. Uh, you know, we've got the order book effectively is open. People can um, you know can place orders with us now for 21 and 22 and forward years. Uh, but it, but we are, uh, if you like, we we sort of took a, quite a conservative approach to how much we were going to commit because. Um, this could really run away and we, we want to be ready to respond to people who, you know, put a seasonal out there, it graduates to core product and, and they come back to us looking for a significant step up in Eclipse and we want to be there for people rather than, um, you know, almost going out too wide and too thin. We want to be there for people when they um, when they come back in, you know, looking for, uh, looking for a core product sort of ranging. And we, I, I will um, refer people back to the contracting uh, hops that you, the, the contracting hops uh, session you had as part of the uh, virtual harvest this year. Um, so anyone who wants to learn, particularly some of the smaller brewers that are just getting into that mindset, yeah, it's always relevant, and and I think people would be surprised about its relevance even at small scale. So you know, if you've got something that you value having, if you if you value that galaxy or that eclipse in in that beer of yours, uh, you know, we pack in a five kilo box for a reason, and uh, you, you know, a lot of brewers in the country can access a five kilo box. And if it's important, <laughs> if it's important to you, let me know. It's important to me, and we'll um, we'll try and sort you out. Um, now, the only other style of note was the end of the uh, high alpha hops uh, or the, the bitter and bitterness hops with the end of Super Pride. Yeah, we we sort of glossed over it a little bit. Um, it's a, it is a pretty, you know, potentially historically significant point that this um, described path uh, from 95% alpha and 5% aroma in uh, <laughs> what would that have been about 2008, uh, you know, flipped completely on its head. Um, in with the modern varieties and finally exiting the growing of super pride as an alpha uh you know an alpha crop and um and you know we're 100 percent now aroma and flavor is there still demand for for those hops and you just get a better yield on the on the aroma hops or is it just a like not worth uh there's just not the demand for it it, it, it can be done better elsewhere Look, I'd never give that ground that it can be done better elsewhere, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I look, I think it's a frank assessment that the market opportunity for you know a modern you know big hitting fruit forward citrus bomb like Galaxy or Eclipse or whatever it is is much bigger than than niche Australian bittering varieties. You know, at the end of the day. Um, the you know you can achieve your bittering in all sorts of places um the big guys are potentially their appetite for actual bittering pellets is is diminishing over time as efficiencies etc become really important um 
uh, you, you look at the the trends in modern recipe design now for craft and for some of these uh, big hop forward beers. You know, there's such such high late additions that the the role of bittering hops is is just uh, you know for for proper functioning kettle chemistry rather than actually driving any bitterness because they're going to pick that up later on. Uh, so you know the role of the role of bittering hops, you know, it's kind of taken quite a number of knocks over time. And uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think that frank assessment leads us to follow follow our uh, you know flavour hops um, into the future and see where some of these can go. Which, which, as you say, it is a historical event because you know, when we first started doing these hop reports, one of the things that I learned from you was that you know were it not for the galaxies and the um, Vic secrets, you know the, the Australian hop industry was looking pretty dire because it was hard to compete globally um, on, on some of those high alpha varieties. Yes, at that point in time, it had been you know let's let's uh, use a very broad brush here and say it had been twenty years of, of suppressed commodity pricings for alpha and you know we were we were a bit of a higher cost production center at that point compared to the Germans or the Americans. Um, there wasn't a lot of incentive if if the brewery wasn't prepared to take some sort of risk management strategy and incorporate southern hemisphere hops in their supply chain. There wasn't a lot of incentive to uh, for a brewery to pick up. Uh, Aussie-grown bittering. Um, you know, we were we were pitching ourselves as as um, you know as a risk management tool rather than as something of uh, of value in its own right. So we um, you know we were on our knees after a long period of suppressed prices. Uh, we, you know, we needed to break the shackles of the global commodity price crunch and um, and moving into the proprietary space with a you know with flavour forward hops. Um, you know, kind of uh, in lockstep with our customers' desire to present more uh, diverse and interesting and hop-forward beers to to beer drinkers. You know, a new a new demographic of beer drinker. So that's turned out to have been uh, the right decision at the right time. And obviously, the innovation through the hop breeding program has been key to that. You know, the changing tastes, brewers looking for different flavours, but supplying them locally um, would would be a big part of the HPA success. Yes, again, we've um, on on track here in from the 2021 crop to sell more Aussie hop to more Aussie brewers than ever before. Uh, you know, that's a really nice justification and a nice, uh, really nice piece for me to um, you know talk to because it means a lot to me um, in here supporting the Aussie beer industry. Um, and uh, you know, it really, it also indicates that we've uh, sort of diversified ourselves successfully as a business away from you know this this global commodity piece, and and uh, quite a high portion of our revenue is now sourced domestically from a, a hugely diverse customer base, which is which is awesome. So in the news business, that's a good news story. So uh, yeah, it's a good news story. <laughs> Look, there's a lot. There really is a lot of good news coming out of the 21 harvest. You know, the the Ella is uh, is a bit of a fly in the soup, so to speak. But um, uh, you know, the continued expansion of Galaxy, you know, the the rise of of uh, Eclipse and its and its performance in beer and. And uh, you know we we sort of move on in the crop report to what I think is pr- almost almost more important uh, the most important piece of news which is which is that the um, you know the indications about performance in beer of the 2021 crop are really strong so you know we we talk actively to you know the current crops uh, oil 
content and alpha content uh, by variety compared to the five-year average that we that we've seen. And you know, talking about impact in beer because that's what we're that's what we're proposing that we sell just about nowadays is uh, you know is this promise of flavour impact and and if oil content is the strongest lead indicator we've got for performance, um, you know, in amongst another couple of um, indicators, you know, we're, we're really pleased to see all of our hops except Enigma come out with higher than the five-year average for oil content. Um, so as far as I can tell, uh, based on the story that the certificate of analysis tells us on the lots that we've produced, we are, we're sitting on a really good result from 2021 and, and I know that brewers value that. It's not just about yield and, you know, like I say, with the exception of Ella, we're going to fill all our contracts and I can um, I can say that we expect a great performance in beer as well. So that's the real good news for me. And, and the graphs around that is in the hop report. You know, I, I'm curious, is it the growing conditions that have led to that or is there infield management that, you know, is leading to that? Because it seems ironic that a high oil content, you know, such a good year for that has, you know, sort of come under, you know, agronomic uh, you know, pressures for yield. Yield, yes, indeed, and and um, I, I kind of feel like the yield piece is um, it's confounded pretty strongly by seasonality. Um, you know, we hit our we hit our on farm activities. You know, the calendar of activities we have on the farm in order to grow the crop and you know, X, Y, and Z. We we do that. We grow our crop to the best of our abilities, and and we see what we see in some sense. What we do know in in a very contrasting sense is that. Things like the hop storage index um, and oil can be dramatically adversely affected by how you're handling the crop once it's in bale or, or right, even right from the kiln floor right through to uh, pellet in the final pack. So, uh, you know, we don't talk about it in the crop report, but but the um, this, the uh, HSI, the hop storage index, um, for this crop year has been uh, – Super consistent, I would say. I would say probably got the lowest variance um, of crop years that I've seen recently. So, not only we're we talking about high oil, we're talking about low, and even lower than expected HSIs, and they start to build up this story. We, we've actually published a blog on the hops.com.au website about interpreting CIAs and um, and the story they tell you about your hop, and that, that's that's um, and that really that for me is about the things that can go right and wrong that end up with your final COA values. And I'm telling, I'm telling the audience, I guess, that we've, we've managed to capture high oils. We've managed to keep HSIs low. It's building up to me that in the handling sense and the manufacturing sense of our farming operation, we really got a lot of things right. We almost nailed it in terms of capturing what we did grow. Now, yield, as I said, a bit separate, but, but the impact in beer proposition, I think, is super strong this year. Absolutely, and I, I think I'm just thinking from memory. We we published uh, the uh, understanding certificates um, of analysis yep. last year yep, as well. So I'll link through to that um, mm-hmm. from the show notes as well. Yep, that's the one. And and the you know me and my repping team, my sales guys out there, um, are always available to help people interpret their COAs because uh, because they do they do tell a story and. Um, and if you have concerns or you want to know more, you just just get in touch. We've been banging that drum for a long time now. If you're ever thinking about hops um, or your hop needs, just get in touch, um, and we'll uh, we'll be able to assist. Nice. Now, just one other number I just wanted to ask you about: um, 
the overall acreage was up this year, but I was looking at uh, Vic jumped from Victoria jumped from 372 in 2020 to 452 this year. Um, Taz fell back from 259 to 224. Was that the the, the, the spelling of some um, or some throttling of some of the acreage down there? That's exactly right. So right in the very first paragraph of the um, of the crop report this year, we we have a little nod to that, and it's just important to point that out for, the, for creating a consistent narrative through interpreting some of these some of these numbers. So forty four hectare net increase, yep. and the net the net increase reference there tells me that we had we had some ups and we had some downs, and and we've talked to Cascade and Topaz down. Uh, and the winners, the winners we've talked about, you know, in terms of um, Vic and, and Galaxies and uh, and Eclipses uh, continued you know, growth there. I think I think by the numbers we had also previously talked about a total of about a hundred hectares additional this year through the expansion program, mm. and I'm pretty sure we delivered on that. So you could rough out there, and I'm, I'm sorry I don't have the numbers exactly in my head right now, but you can rough out there that we were, uh, you know. 100 up and and say 50 down through some of these actions we've been taking for a net increase of 44. Uh, just talk us through the, the throttling uh, process for, for some of those blocks. Well, the the decision to idle topaz was simply a demand and support. So idling, I was, I, was, I was using the wrong... Well, throttling, yeah, yeah, idling, throttling. Idling. Oh, I, I understand. <laughs> the, um, the idling of that block... Um, uh, was was simply to keep that supply and demand in balance. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we we don't see it as advantageous to be sitting on on long positions, um, you know, and potentially driving oversupply. This is one of the powerful things about HPA being a single point source and a vertically integrated business all the way through. You know, breeding, growing you know, merchandising, marketing out to the customers. So, we we have a, a really direct insight into the full supply sort of balance, so to speak, and and driving overs and unders, you know, I think it's probably the most cursed element by brewers and hop traders alike that that, that there seems to be a lack of um, good feedback mechanisms to stop over supply and rushing toward under supply and then back to over supply. So we are we are more than happy to um, idle a block, uh, so to speak, and throttle that supply um, in order to keep things in balance. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'd, I, yeah, I'd, I'd meant to say idle, not uh, throttle. Or something. Yeah, but uh, oh, I kind of like main... it. The, I kind of like it. The pipeline of supply, you know, can be throttled back uh, <laughs> yeah. by idling a block. You know, yeah, it uh, works for me. Terrific. So now that, that's the hop harvest. That's the hop report. Um, when do these start to uh, flow out from the HPA uh, warehouse? Absolutely. So we have uh, we have the green light on shipping on uh, Cascade, Ella, Enigma, and Galaxy for 2021 contracts. We'll, as I said, we'll be working with customers on the Ella situation. We're just waiting on um, final quality gateways on Eclipse, uh, Topaz, and Vic, uh, but they'll be they'll progressively come on through May through the early parts of May. So it's really uh, you know and and. Just to uh, to you know timestamp this, it's um, you know we're still actually pelleting in both both Tassie and Vic, so um, we've got a spread of material ready to rock and roll, and um, and we continue to um, continue to chug through the the raw hops and uh, get it into the pack as soon as possible. 
Terrific. Well, before I let you go, I, I know it's a busy time of year uh, on the farm for you. Is, is there anything else that brewers uh, and hop buyers particularly need to know coming out of the 2021 uh, harvest? Um, I guess to keep the spotlight on, on the HPA situation more specifically, we are coming to the end of this round of expansion. Um, so, you know, the ability to keep up with growth and um, backing successful beers, et cetera, does start to um, tighten up. Um, we have a very strong order book already. It's very heavily contracted with the, with the combination of, you know, further expansion um, coming to an end for the time being. Um, I would say that it is more important than ever before to um, get on the front foot to ensure your, um, you know, your your requirements are adequately catered for in our in our outlook on the market. So, as always, pick up the phone, shoot us an email, we'll come back to you, and um, we'll sort you out to the best of our abilities. And uh, look, we'll put a link. I'm sure everyone knows who their HPA uh, rep is, but we'll put a link through to uh, to to the website in the uh, in the show notes as well. Super. Terrific. Well, Owen Johnson, it's always a pleasure to talk and uh, for what is our now annual um, harvest report. And uh, thanks very much for talking us through it. Thanks very much, Matt. This one was quite modest at something like half an hour. They can ramble on a lot longer than that. <laughs> well, we, we have had a few chats during the year, so uh, uh, we, we, we've taken some of those uh, extraneous matters out and just focused on the hop report. <laughs> oh, nice, nice hop reference there, extraneous. Uh, <laughs> it's, one of our, it's one of our quality parameters. We'll take that one out. <laughs> Terrific, AJ. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers, mate. You can download a full transcript of this conversation with links to other information in the show notes to this episode. Brewery Pro content is presented by Brews News and is designed for the brewing industry professional. If you have any suggestions for topics that we can cover, email us at cheers at brewsnews.com.au. Thank you for listening.